Welcome to Cowboy Church with your host, Russ Weaver and Susie McIntyre. So sit back and enjoy some good singing, some great testimony, and some good preaching. Welcome to Cowboy Church. Hi, I'm Susie McIntyre. And I'm Russ Weaver. And we want to welcome you to Cowboy Church. This is going to be a really, really special sermon today. Well, um, you know, I... I hope, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm always better at telling you that after it's done. Okay. And in fact, I kind of like to leave it as a surprise. Okay. That way we can do this introduction for like 50 other messages. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. we do that every once in a while. <laughs> you know, a lot of people ask me for Cowboy Church. They say, hey, I, I just watched you on the TV and you're here this morning. You know, if I'm out somewhere singing. And I said, well, you know, there, that's a big secret on how we do that. You know, <laughs> that's yeah. air travel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and this morning what we're hoping for and you know one of the things that's happened somebody came up to me and says hey they changed the time of your program oh yeah. they were real offended with that mm-hmm. you know and i just like to say they just scooted us down a little bit and, yeah uh, yeah we actually we have a better time slot now than what we had before so mm-hmm. i'm kind of excited about that we're just glad to be here yeah. we're so you know there's so many people that are shut-ins there's people that can't go to church they're they're a long ways from town they're out on a ranch somewhere or maybe they just need to feed cattle in the middle of winter. I am so grateful that we're here. And uh, it's because of you and all the contributions that you send to us uh, that we can stay on this channel. We're going to some music right now mm-hmm. to prepare your heart for worship. Yeah. The lady that wrote this next song, she wrote 8,000 in her lifetime. Can you imagine the pieces of paper that she had laying around her house? Because in those times, they didn't have a, have a laptop. They didn't have anything for her to store anything in. She was uh, born, and then they gave her the wrong medicine, and it blinded her. And yet, she did not let that keep her from writing so many hymns that we've sang in our churches through the years. Fanny Crosby. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flow fields in the double cue. Save from
such powerful words. It gets down to the basis of Christianity. It's only the shed blood of Jesus Christ. In my hand, oh, Christ, I bring simply to While I draw this fleeting breath, when mine eyes shall close in death, when I rise to worlds unknown and behold thee on thy throne, rock of In our lives, the Holy Spirit lives. And we can let him be out here where people can see, or we can hide it. There is a candle in every soul, some brightly burning, some dark and cold. There is a spirit who brings the fire, ignites a candle, and makes his home. Carry a candle and run to the darkness. Seek out the helpless, confused and torn. Hold out your And go light your world. Frustrated brother, see how he's tried to light his own candle some other way. See now our sister, she's been robbed and but still holds a candle without a flame. Carry a candle and run to the darkness. Seek out the lonely, the tired and worn. Hold out your candle for all to see. Wait a minute. Take the person's hand next to you. Y'all were reading my mind. Yeah, it's 
it's okay, even men can hold hands. We are a family whose hearts are blazing, and we raise our candles. Come on, raise them up and light up the sky. Praying to our Father, that looks good. In the name of Jesus, oh, make us a beacon in darkest hours. Carry a candle and run to the darkness. Seek out the helpless, deceived and Take this candle wherever you are in the smallest place or the biggest place because the light will dispel the darkness. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you continually sear your conscience by not doing the right thing, then that voice and that volume knob on your spiritual side which is God trying to get through to you to help you with your decision-making process, begins to dial down, 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 till finally the dial is off. And when the dial is off, you are now living in a depraved situation where the only influence in your thinking comes from your flesh and comes from your soulish nature, and those things are going to lead you to hell. Every sin does the exact same thing to you. It just wears you out and wears you out. And the conscience and spirit of God that wants us to be right before God, we keep dulling that meter until that meter finally turns off. And sooner or later, it will turn off. And when it's turned off, there's no way for God to get through to anymore. And if you want to read how it signals, go read Romans chapter 1. It will tell you the signals, everything God does to try to shut that thing. I mean, turn that thing back on and you keep shutting that thing off until there's no hope, until depravity sets in, until before God you have no conscience and you are a carnal, sorry individual and nobody wants to hang around with you. You become so mean in your approach to life that you're... you're you're not just vulgar, you're rude, and all of the things that go with it, and it's depravity. It's self-centeredness. And the only thing that fixes that is a walk with God and the Spirit of God living in us and us responding in obedience to that. And when we do, God begins to enlighten our thinking and enlighten our life and help us to see life as it really is, helps us to see things that he wants us to see. He turns the lights back on and we begin to understand life through God's eyes and through God's spirit and we become the people God wants us to be and our life is suddenly worth living. Maybe suddenly was the wrong word, but sometimes it is. And there is a spiritual darkness that everything involved there has to do with that spiritual darkness. 
And there's two kinds of spiritual darkness. Just two. One is when my spirit man has been turned off where he can't hear God anymore. But the other spiritual darkness is this. Is when the father says, depart from me. I never knew you. That kind of spiritual disconnect is eternity. And that's a spiritual darkness that if we don't get a hold of this thing, we'll end up there. Guys, don't ever be deceived with the thought that you went and prayed one prayer and that's going to work for everything else. Because in Romans 1, it says that you can, knowing God, having known God, it's talk about the word know, knowing God. It's the same word that he uses to describe the relationship between a husband and a wife. And what God wants out of you is a connection that can't be like any other connection that you have. My wife and I have a relationship and a connection that is a husband and wife and nobody else is allowed to have that with me. Nobody else is allowed to have that with her because God designed it to work that way. And there's a special relationship and a connection with God that only belongs between you and God. And the way that you get it, the way that you get to understand that is you begin to obey God, you begin to live for God, and God begins to reveal to you by enlightening your thinking and enlightening your life and guiding your walk and, and directing your path to where you become the person that God fully intended you to be. And there is where you find fulfillment. There is where you find true, true understanding. There is where you find wisdom. There's where you find truth. You don't find it anywhere else. Listen, the scientific community right now is, is a pretty sick community. Every, every new discovery they have, they try to figure out how that God isn't a part of that. That it was 30 million years of mystical something or other that instead of God doing, God touching, God learning, guys, the, the Bible said it would happen. It said, science falsely called. Go look it up, it's in the Bible. They're calling themselves science, but they are not viewing real science because they have an agenda with every discovery and they try to do away with God. And what has happened, they have become deprived and their senses are darkened and they don't have the truth anymore. And they're still teaching our kids in our high schools and our junior highs and our colleges that Science is this way, and it's not intended to be that way. God, guys, the world is getting sicker and sicker every single day because of ignorance. And ignorance is what happens when you take God out of the equation. Ignorance is what happens when you pull God away from your thoughts, when you, you take him out of every evaluation of life and the earth. When you take that away, it's nothing more than... than spiritual depravity and when it when it happens you don't even know it you just get get mad at preachers who don't know what they're talking about because they try to call you on it it's true here's the death of ignorance second timothy 2:23. write this down we've already had this verse one other time it says again so don't have anything to do with the arguing and the ignorance of arguments do you know that every single argument Every single argument that you have ever had in your life 
has an ignorant factor in it. It's an ignorance thing. If you have a disagreement, one of you doesn't understand or both of you don't. It is ignorance. Don't let ignorance turn into belligerent ignorance. That'll help you not to argue. Paul says don't argue. Quit it. You can discuss. A husband and wife came in for a counseling session one time and said, my wife and I have never had a fight. We've discussed things so the neighbors could hear, but we've never fought about it. <laughs> First Peter 2.15 says this. You can put to silence the talk of the ignorant by doing good deeds. You can put to silence the ignorance and the talk of the ignorant people by doing good deeds. Do good deeds. You want death of ignorance? Do something nice. And it says dealing gently with the ignorant. Now, I'm sure if any scientist heard me this morning that I might be guilty of not handling this correctly. But dealing gently with the ignorant in Hebrews 5.2. If you're able to deal gently with the ignorant people who've gone astray, you have a chance to lead them back. So here it is. Ignorance is a condition of the heart caused by lack of involvement in the word. And that involvement in the word is without prayer. Your, your involvement in the word has to be with prayer or it's not going to help you a lot. There are a lot of people read the word and figure out how to argue. That doesn't help them. The spiritual enlightenment, the revelation before God has to come when we, when we view it with prayer. Ignorance is a condition of the heart. Remember that. I had a friend... As in Wahoo, Nebraska. Leon Adams, he had the specialty axe. He had, he was riding, Roman riding a pair of Bramer Bulls. And uh, his wife had a trick horse. She was, he was a paint trick horse. And, you know, and they were doing the specialty axe between the rodeo events. And, but he was a cowboy. I mean, he bulldogged and he, had, he always had a bulldog and a hazing horse and a bulldogging team there. In case nobody had one when they came to the rodeos, he'd help them with it. And he was, he's a, this guy was, he was cowboy through and through. And uh, Wahoo, Nebraska was a duck off. <clears throat> what I mean by that is, is if you needed to get some money, so you, like, I'd done the racetrack chaplaincy at Omaha all year. <clears throat> and I was, I hadn't won hardly anything. And I needed, I needed about two or $300 to, to be able to make the buildings and I had to have that money, so I, I rent to, to Wahoo. They had eight ropers. They, it was a three-night rodeo, and all eight of us roped as a three-head. So we all eight got to rope, and there was only one guy in there that I knew that knew how to rope. And so it, all I had to do is just, and it paid, it paid 400 a night to win it, and 400 in the average. So there's $1,600 you could get at, and all I needed is about three or 400. So the first night I did, the, I did the thing that you're not supposed to do. I ran out there and threw it in the dirt and missed. <laughs> Just, you know, they're trying to give it to somebody, you know, and there was four guys that caught and all of them got a check and I didn't. So there's no ground money either. So I was at, going out of the arena and Leon's there and he's laughing at me. He goes, hey, Russ, he says, I know what you were thinking. I said, what? He said, I know what you were thinking. I said, okay, I'm game. What was I thinking? He goes, you were thinking, just don't miss. <laughs> and I see, 
You're exactly right. He goes, look, I got to go do my act. He said, but uh, I've got some ice cream. When the rodeo's over, come to my trailer. It's right over here. We'll have some ice cream, and I'll tell you how you can win the rest of the rodeo. I'll be there. I, I went there, and he's, he's still laughing at me. He goes, he goes, now, I know you're a preacher. You know way more about God and how the mind and all that stuff works, but I'll tell you something I learned. It's just a simple thing is this. He said, you were saying, just don't miss. He said, what you were actually doing is putting in your repertoire how to miss. And he says, when you're in a reactionary state like roping, you have to have in your mind something that is positive like a catch instead of a miss. He said, what you should have been saying, all I have to do is catch. And he said, Russ, it's that simple. It's that simple. I can't tell you how much difference that made in my life. And you know the reason why? Now, I don't understand all of it, but I do know this. You're going to react according to the stuff that you put into your heart. And the Bible says, think on these things. And if you'll think on the things of God, if you'll read the word of God, if you'll study the word of God, if you'll pray over it, and if you'll allow the word of God to do its work in you, you can put at bay your own ignorance. If you will allow that stuff in your life, you can make an influence in the world that is an ignorant world headed to hell, and you can make a difference there. If you'll put that into your life, you can overcome ignorance in your job and in your family to where the peace of God the will of God and the goodness of God can live instead of your ignorance. And look, I'm going to tell you a little secret. God wants you to have this. God wants you to have this. He said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask. Let him ask. How do you ask God anything? You pray. Part of your prayer life is asking. He owns it all. He runs it all. He's in charge of it all. You need to ask him. If you don't ask him, you're assuming stuff that you shouldn't assume. Go ask him. If you don't have a car and you go to your neighbor's place, you don't just go take his car. You'll get stuck in jail for it. You can ask him, say, would you mind driving me or may I use your car? God owns everything. He expects our relationship to be one where we're comfortable enough that we ask him. And when we ask him, ask God for wisdom. And when you ask him for wisdom, all of a sudden, the ignorance that wants to destroy your life will begin to erode, take, be taken out of your life. And pretty soon, you can put it all behind you. You know, the truth of this today, all of us have acted in ignorance. If we haven't done it accidentally, we've sure enough done it on purpose. And that's called sin. Well, if you enjoy Cowboy Church, I want to ask you to do something. Get your checkbook out or go to the website and pledge to support Cowboy Church. God has put us in a place where we rely upon the people who enjoy Cowboy Church. We love hearing from you. Thank you for your letters and thank you for your support. God bless you, and we'll see you next week on Cowboy Church.